Netflix, Disney, Hamilton, Frozen, YouTube and Minecraft. What do they all have to do with family discipleship? We'll talk about all that today on this episode of Churchpreneurs. Let's get this. Churchpreneurs Podcast. My name is Richard Moore. I'm your host and informant for everything church, theology, and faith related. Churchpreneurs' vision is to accelerate the church in mission, vision, and effectiveness in fulfilling the Great Commission in our communities. Churchpreneurs hopes to embolden people to fulfill the Great Commission beyond our own borders into the rest of the world within this generation. It's possible, folks. In this podcast, I talk about everything that's moving me in relation to church, and theology, hopefully to empower you in your ministry, Bible study, church, theological understanding, and most importantly, your personal growth in Christ. Hey there, welcome churchpreneurs to uh, this episode on entertainment and family discipleship. The other day I was trying to find something to watch with my kiddos on Disney Plus. We do Pizza Movie Friday, and we were looking for something to uh, watch during our Friday night pizza movie night. So we're looking through Disney Plus. Um, we don't otherwise have a Disney Plus account, but we got it through our special TV offer. TV provider was offering it for free for six months. So we thought, hey, why not? Uh, let's get this offer and see what, what it's about. So um, we recently canceled Netflix. I might get into that a little bit more later. Um, and uh, so it sounded like a great option, actually, Disney Plus. Um, you know, kids are Frozen fans. They love the Frozen series. And um, as we were looking through, we looked through and uh, found a new Frozen quick short uh, from Disney, and it's called Myth. I don't know if you've seen this before, but uh, I could describe this little short movie. We said, hey, we love the Frozen series, so we're just going to just go for that, right? I-, I could describe this little short film, Myth, as a primer for pantheism. It really is. This short film uh, myth goes something like this. Uh, The parents of some small children um, in, uh, yeah, let's say um, the frozen time period. So this looks like it's set sort of in the frozen uh, time period uh, with castles and queens and kings. And they're sitting around the fire and the children gather around. The parents tell the children a story of how the spirits created the world. And that the world was created by the spirits of air, fire, water, and earth. Uh, The spirits, his mother continued, kept each other in balance. So the four spirits kept each other in balance. Uh, This short film then goes on to animate the creation of the world by those spirits and in a fantastic way. Uh, The creation of trees and water and fire and rocks coming out of the earth it's very beautiful and fantastical. Um, fantastical is not a word, is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful and fantastic. Uh, it's well done. It's just so it's a it's a lovely uh, a presentation of how um, these uh, these spirits were formed and how they grew and uh, animals come to life 
the earth is formed, uh, water pouring over waterfalls, it, um, rocks and animals coming to life through the oneness of the earth and its creation, the unity and harmony that everything displays. And then the mother continues telling the story over time, she says, and I'm, I'm going to quote this. This is interesting. So I have to read it. So sorry when I'm looking. <laughs> uh, and then she's the mother continues telling the story over time. She says a fifth spirit was born, the human spirit. The animation then begins to display all the other spirits coming around the human spirit. And the mother continues to say together they created a dazzling harmony and our world danced. The animation then shows a dazzling harmony. It gets better and better. I mean, the, the animation and the togetherness and the, the way that they present it is really fantastic and beautiful. And it just gets better. This dazzling harmony of nature and creation and all the humans all in harmony with the other spirits. It really is beautiful. Uh, and then the mother continues the story by saying, but even one spirit out of sync can cause chaos. The fifth spirit lost its rhythm. And the harmony was broken. The elements raged out of control. Our world was fractured. When the chaos finally fell silent, the spirits had vanished, never to be seen again. But it is said that when the fifth spirit finds its rhythm, the others will return, beautiful burning within them, that beautiful harmony, and the world can dance once again. And then the scene changes from that beautiful, fantastic portrayal and and the sort of the death of uh because the humans had come out of harmony then the scene changes back to where they were being told the story at their fireplace um after this had creation had been destroyed by chaos back to the living room where the families around the flames of the fire and the fire has burned down into embers and the camera pans over to where the family was sitting but they're not there anymore there are little embers flying around the living room as if the people who were there had become one with creation and had vanished and finally harmonized like we were meant to do originally. I thought we were like, what? At the end of this video. Um, and my wife poked her head and she was working in the kitchen. She poked her head and said, what is that? This is pantheism, animism, Secular humanism and Eastern mysticism, yin and yang, Taoism, and all just smashed into one awesome, I think it's 12 minutes, uh, short film. It's really wild. The message was loud and clear. As human spirits, we just need to come into harmony instead of sin. Sin is a gospel theme. But instead of sin, we, we have come out of alignment and out of harmony with nature. Um, however, humans haven't come out of alignment or harmony. They've come out of out of harmony and alignment with God. We have offended a holy God and sin is a gospel theme. We eradicate sin when we eradicate the necessity of the gospel. So I thought this was very important. Um, another film that came, another example of interesting uh, uh, was the film Soul, uh, which is a, a film about a jazz musician who got his big break to play at the best jazz club in town. But before Joe could play his lifelong dream, he makes one misstep and dies. That's um, a sad, sad story. Uh, he lands in a fantastical place called the Great Before. 
very interesting. Not the great hereafter, which was some people name it. Throughout the whole movie, this main character is seeking to go back to his this world and finalize or realize his lifelong dream. Um, and he's trying to get back to playing his gig because he's just now getting to realize his dream. He wants to go back. The whole film depicts life after death in a totally unbiblical way, especially in that we find our way back to earth somehow. Hebrews 9, 27 says, this, says it really clearly. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. Um, another series that we've been confronted by as a family lately is the series called She-Ra. Um, it's on Netflix, and this was sort of one of the reasons why we canceled Netflix, but it has um, really rife with the homosexual agenda. The, the two main characters uh, love each other, and they express it very clearly throughout the um, throughout the first couple seasons. And at the end of one of the seasons, they kiss. Um, there's a, a, a transgender agenda throughout. They have a shape shifting character in this in this film, where um, you couldn't tell if this character is a boy or a girl. A very neutral voice, and as well, um, you couldn't tell uh, what it was actually because it was. Uh, a shapeshifter and always could change uh, into the character or the form that they wanted to because it was a shapeshifter, uh, but very neutral. And my, my son couldn't even tell us that is that has dad is my son has a dad. Is that a boy or a girl? Just hard, hard to tell. Um, so this character could shapeshift into for any form uh, male characters in this, in this uh, are, whole series are presented as milk toast and spineless uh the father of shira is a spineless jellyfish who's totally indecisive lacking any strength of character and completely weak he, he's not a protector rather he's wimpy weakly who cannot protect or truly care for anyone um and then came the netflix series or the netflix movie which we really uh ended up tr uh really uh canceling our netflix for called cuties uh netflix uh movie cuties in, in which netflix netflix was making a lot of money off me um and i didn't feel comfortable anymore they were propagating such sexualization of girls in this film it is really really bad um now i'm not saying that as a i couldn't watch it i really had to skim through to try to find out what this was about is this accurate or what people saying about this movie accurate it is more than accurate what people are saying doesn't even come close to how bad this film is and that's just me skimming through it i didn't watch it i couldn't i didn't want to watch it i knew that it had some very sexually explicit material in it and it did and it was awful it's it's as bad as it could be that was the last straw for me that's why we ended up quitting netflix now, now, this is not for me to seek you, for you to quit Netflix. Please don't get this from me. I'm not trying to make you quit anything. Um, but this is just my process and how I did it. Um, but as a matter of conscience for me, I could not continue to give them my money to create such immoral, filthy garbage. James 4, 17 says it this way. Whoever knows what is right and fails to do it, for him it is sin. That's why I had to cancel Netflix. I knew continuing to patronize their business would continue to allow them to create more such garbage. Um, 
that stand for me in clear opposition to a Christian and moral worldview. I could not do it in good conscience and continue to give them money. So uh, unless you say, well, that's Netflix. Okay. You know, entertainment, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> YouTube's no different. You have to be careful there too with your, with our kids. And I'm talking about this whole subject in the context of family and discipleship. So uh, recently our kids got uh, into Mr. Beastmaster. Now this is not a slam on Mr. Beastmaster. I think the guy's probably a very kind and wonderful guy, but the way he handles money is just not how we want to handle our family. And I don't want my children learning that that's how money ought to be handled. And now, if you don't know Mr. Beastmaster's story, he just gives away money, gives away stuff. Um, we watched one where he uh, took over a, a burger restaurant, give away burgers for free. And, and every time the third or fourth car would come through, he gave an iPad or money or stack of money away or a car or literally in that one video, I think it was a 15 minute video maybe, he gave away a car, um, 20 iPads, maybe $100,000, just giving it away. Of course, people are lining up around the block, out the out the street to come through Mr. Beastbaster's uh, drive through So um, we as a family, I don't want my children to think and start thinking that money's free or that you don't have to work for anything or anything like that. This is not how... Christians ought to handle money. We're meant to steward God's gift of money that he's given us with faithfulness. And so uh, we thought, you know, please, no more Mr. Beastmaster. We understand the guy's not a bad guy. It's just that this particular idea of money, we don't want our children learning this. And then uh, also, you know, something that's harmless, let's say harmless as Dude Perfect um, and the Rage Monster. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Dude Perfect, but they have uh, these uh, videos where they uh, do characterizations of people. And, you know, like the, the original video was uh, basketball players, the, the stereotypes of uh, basketball players. And there's the guy who, you know, um, says my bad all the time. You know, every time he misses a basketball shot, he says, my bad, my bad. And he's just really terrible or whatever. Um, and then there's the rage monster at the end of this video, the rage monster comes out. He's really, uh, super agitated by everything. And, and he gets, he goes off, flies off the handle at the littlest thing and then breaks stuff. So the rage monster with dude, perfect developed into this guy who just breaks stuff in the end. And, um, can we destroy stuff when we get angry and, and, and can we rage like that? Uh, you know, so we actually, we watch dude perfect. We do. So with rage monster, we actually ask them to fast forward that we don't like to look at that because that's not how people and Christians ought to act. Um, even in stereotypes, um, especially with when you get upset, you know, how is it you deal with your anger and frustration? So we don't, uh, want to even make fun of it as a stereotype. not want to say that you must have the same strategy as we as a family, but you had better have some kind of strategy. If you want to raise your children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, 
you have to have some kind of strategy. You can't be just aimless at it, especially in this area of entertainment. Netflix, YouTube, the and the like, all these entertainment platforms, they're after your children's eyes. There's no question about it. They want their eyes so that they can create a, 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 a consumer, a lifelong consumer who will patronize their platforms, whether Disney Plus, Netflix or whatever, and continue uh, to be a lifelong user. And so they're doing whatever they can in original programming and whatever to get your kids eyes. And they're doing pretty good at it. <laughs> so um, this is not to say you need to only watch, you know, Little House in the Prairie. Please don't get that from me. But uh, you have to have some kind of strategy. Um, and um, for us, when we watch, for instance, that uh, film on um, oh, the Disney film, the short, we had a great opportunity, a great discussion afterwards um, on how this is not a biblical idea and how this can really, if we believe something like that, this can really damage our understanding of the gospel. And our kids really opened up to it. That was really a powerful discussion afterwards. And it really helped us, especially to understand that, that we haven't, as people, fallen out of harmony with nature. We have fallen out of relationship with God through sin entering the world. But by Christ's sacrifice and trusting in him, we can have a relationship with God again. Not harmony with the nature and whatever and coming into unison and becoming one and disappearing into whatever, like the film described. So let me just go through uh, a few scriptures that might help you in strategizing and forming uh, your strategy of entertainment and, and family discipleship. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 1 through 4 says it this way. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. We often overlook this verse, but it says it in verse four, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And this is so important. I, I've known so many fathers who really worked extra hard to provoke their children with some kind of response. Now, um, I just took my daughter to youth group tonight and um, I provoked her a little bit because I waved as I went by. <laughs> and uh, uh, as a parent, um, it is death. You know, it's social death for your parents to wave at you, right? When you're in the group of other kids. <laughs> so not that kind of provocation, um, but you know, you get the idea. So, um, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So that has to be a part of your strategy. You don't just say, shut that off or turn that off and just, you don't look at that and blah, blah, blah. Just pro out of provocation, you discuss stuff. And here's why we're not going to view that or this or the other thing. And here's why we're going to do this instead. Um, and, and I would just encourage if you're taking something away, provide an alternative. And it's not just like um, another video or something. Think, be creative. You have to work hard at this, parents and kids, if your kid's watching. Colossians 3.21 says it this way. Again, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So the point is, don't provoke them into discouragement. And um, 
just the upsetness and, and aggravation and everything the whole time can create provocation. Proverbs 22, 6 says it this way, train up a child in the way he should go. And in the end, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So what you're doing, parents, is you're training up a child in, in worldview, in, in holiness, and in the gospel for them to understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ is and what it isn't. <laughs> and if you watch entertainment and you see something that is antithetical to the gospel, to really work that through to help your children uh, understand why it stands in opposition to the gospel and what we believe as Christians. Then in Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 6 through 7, and these words which I command you today shall be on your heart. It's the main, one of the main uh, uh, Hebrew practices. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So basically, you should continually speak about the commands of God, the holiness of God, his word and his commands to us. And so this is a continual thing. This is not just like a, okay, let's have devotions now or something. This is a thing that we ought to be continually having before our eyes. Proverbs 13, 24 says it this way, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, this is not a uh, a video on spanking. This is a video on the rod of discipline. Now, if you hate your son, you won't discipline him. You'll let him do whatever he wants. Um, if you love your daughter, you will discipline her because it will grow them. Yeah, then Proverbs 29, 15 says it this way. The rod of reproof gives wisdom. But a child left to himself, himself brings shame to his mother. Leave your children alone. Send them off with an iPad. Put them in a room where they're not being disciplined, being encouraged, being reproved. Then, uh, yeah, you will have a child that will bring shame on your own head. Challenging. Proverbs 29, 17 says this way. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Uh, Proverbs 23. A lot of Proverbs have great stuff about parenting. <laughs> 23, 13 through 14 says it this way. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. Again, not necessarily a thing on discipline with the rod, but... You're not going to kill a child by spanking them. You're going to save them in the end to bring them up in the care and the discipline of the Lord. That there is a that there is a discipline that we obey God, and when we disobey, we have a discipline, just like with the Lord. Um, the Lord says that he he disciplines those sons he loves. He would be illegitimate if he didn't discipline us. Proverbs 22, 15 says it this way. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Um, I admit, folly was bound up in my heart. I did silly, dumb stuff. And if you're honest, you do the same thing <laughs> as a child. The rod of discipline, however, drives that folly far from him. 
Psalm 127, three through five says it this way. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Now, this is very interesting. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who, fill, who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks to his enemies at the gate. Interesting. Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That's that we understand that, but sometimes we overlook this. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are ch the children of one's youth. The children, our children, are offensive weapons. Blessed is the man who has a quiver full. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks to his enemies at the gate. If there are enemies of us as Christians, enemies of the faith, and whatever, they are offensive weapons. Our children are offensive weapons for the gospel of Jesus Christ and the goodness of God. We ought to see them as such, not just uh, things to be put up with or, oh, yeah, I love my kids, but uh, they're not, you know, you know, kind of feed them and, and, and put a diaper on them to get out of the house. That is not a Christian attitude. Our children are, are tools that Jesus is forming into gospel witnesses. And, and so I just hope you'd see that. Hebrews 12, 5 through 11 says it this way. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. Sons need discipline. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and lives. disciplines us. God, our loving Father in heaven, disciplines us and, and, and gives us um, opportunity to grow through discipline. Otherwise, we'd be illegitimate children. But what son doesn't discipline his father here? It's really clear that this passage is talking about the discipline of earthly fathers should be this. How much more the discipline of our heavenly Father? 2 Timothy 3.15 says it this way, And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This is super important. This is probably, I mean, beyond the spanking thing, beyond the discipline thing, if you had to do anything, acquaint your children with the scriptures, with the sacred writings. 
they're able to make them wise for salvation in Jesus Christ. Nothing else. No, no, no Christian movie you could show them. No, no, no Sunday school. Only the scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So acquaint them with the scriptures. Do it regularly. Have a regular time where you break out the scriptures, read a story, read the read a Bible passage, and do some devotional work. I would encourage you through um, to, within this whole thing, within entertainment and family discipline and, and family discipleship, to use high love on one hand and high control on the other. Always be affirming and always, always give guidance. And if you have to, cancel Netflix. It was for us. If you have to cancel Disney Plus, turn the TV off. Go outside. Spend time with your children. Take a walk with them. Take your scripture with you. And always, always be open to sharing with them your life, your knowledge, your understanding of Jesus Christ, and your understanding of how to have faith in Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'll give you a closing story. Uh, my father, right before we left uh, for uh, uh, Germany to be missionaries, we were spending some time at, with him at, at his home in South Carolina. And he said, you know what, Richard, I've been thinking. <laughs> that's, when you, that's when you listen up, right? He said, I've been thinking. And I just realized the other day that God has allowed me to have a hand in leading all my children to Jesus. And with a tear in his eye, he, uh, he showed how much it means to him and it ought to mean to us that we all have a hand in leading our children to Jesus Christ. What an amazing opportunity. You can have a possibility of leading your children to Jesus Christ. What an opportunity we have. We have them in our home. These little people that God has given us to shape and to form into his likeness and to introduce them to the Savior, who's Jesus Christ. Thanks for watching or listening to this episode of Church Entrepreneur's Podcast. You can find out more information at my website at richardpmore.net. I also blog at richardpmore.blogspot. You're also welcome to follow me on Twitter if you still do that kind of thing. My Twitter handle is at richardpmore23. You can also email us at churchentrepreneurs at gmail.com. That's like church and entrepreneur, two words jammed into one awesome Jolly Rancher. Um, if you'd love, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a podcast or comments or questions, please reach out on one of those platforms. God bless you. Until next time, take care.